Welcome to this week's episode of Talk of the Town. My name is Philip Swiskud, and I am back with my good friend and co-host, Dr. Kenneth Harper from Vein Specialist of the South. If you have questions about your veins, give my friends at Vein Specialist of the South a call, and they will get you the answers that you need. Right now, we are in the historic Grant's Lounge here in beautiful downtown Macon, Georgia. Grant's Lounge has actually been open for 51 years, and the original family is still involved in the day-to-day -day management of it, and it's a great place to come check out. But we are here today interviewing Jessica Walden from Rock Candy Tours. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me and in this great space. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Jessica, it seems like for the family, we've kind of known each other yeah. most of your life with our kids growing up with you and your husband, Jamie, here yeah. in Macon. And people kind of, they probably see you advertise about Rock Candy Tour and they're thinking, how in the world, what does that name mean? <laughs> you know, how long has it been around? Tell me the backstory about how y'all decided to create this awesome opportunity for people in middle of Georgia. Well, thank you. Rock Candy Tours is like a love letter to our community. It is our way of telling Macon's music history. For me, it comes from the personal side of things um, through my family lineage. And Jamie is a music aficionado, historian, raconteur in his own right, um, who really did a deep dive on Macon music history and taking all that information we just aim to share those stories. Um, for us, it was something that we were doing on our own, just by chance. People come in town, we show them around. I was working on downtown development projects with the College Hill Corridor, and so part of that was like, well, did you know what happened here when it came to music? But then um, one day it, it became evident that we weren't gonna have the Georgia Music Hall of Fame here anymore. So we began to put a plan together working with Newtown Macon to officially launch Rock Candy Tours. So in 2011, the day after the Georgia Music Hall of Fame closed, we had our first kind of maiden voyage official tour and that launched from Washington Park with about 45 people in attendance that day. And we have been talking and sharing stories ever since. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great story. Tell me how they got the name. Though. What's the backstory to the yeah. name? People probably want to know that. Yeah, um, if, if my son still gets it confused and says, Dad, are you going to go work, go to work at Rock Candy or Crown Candy today? Um, for those who don't <laughs> know, my husband is a third generation candy manufacturer. So um, when we're not giving tours, Jamie actually works in the family candy business, Crown right. Candy Corporation here in Macon. I am like second generation child of rock and roll. And um, so when we were sitting down, signing paperwork, formalizing this business, it was actually on Valentine's Day. I remember that. And they were like, what are you going to call it? And we had not put a lot of thought into the name. And I was like, well, my family is in the business of rock and roll. His family's in the business of candy. Let's put it together and call it Rock Candy Tours. And there we have it. Now, if you ask Jamie, he will say um, that I am the rock of the business and he is the sweet one. So, <laughs> but that's where it came from. So now you know. So, uh, so you'll have, next time you see Jamie around, you can ask him that yeah. question and see what he says. Yeah. There uh, you go. Jessica, I think it's so important that you guys did this because if, and we've learned this throughout history, that if there's not someone that's willing to share the stories of the past, they just get forgotten. And so you guys are doing an incredible service to the community. Thank you so much for doing that. Let me ask you this about the tours themselves though. Whenever you're going on the tours, if this is someone's first time, what can they expect? What kind of, of tours do you guys do? 
Well, we do mainly walking tours. Um, so I would say pack your comfortable shoes and be ready to walk. Um, we do offer private tours that give us a chance to step into your vehicle and show you around. We do have riding tours. We'll get back to those. COVID has definitely, um, we've taken a break in those, but we will get back to using um, partners like the Visit Making Van to show you around town. So we offer a wide variety, but I like to say that our primary mode of transportation is to rock and stroll. And that is um, walking around our beautiful town. And, and that was what it was for me, is the ability to hit the street and walk the sidewalks. I mean, the places that happened here in Macon, the places you walk by every day, I say if our walls could talk, they would sing. And so much of our history is in these street corners and in these sidewalks and in these landmarks that we're going to take you to and tell you the stories for. So you may not know the cast of characters that we're talking about, but we will start to hit the, you know, you kind of like to know where your music comes from. And when you talk about the forefathers of making music, you're going to find somebody or some song that you can relate to. And when you deep dive into that history, into a place like Grant's Lounge, where so much incredible, incredible history happened, um, I would say the biggest thing is be prepared for information overload. You are never going to look at this city the same way again. <laughs> now, speaking of Grant's Lounge, we are sitting here in the historic Grant's Lounge. Is there any quick story you can share with us about something that happened here? Gosh, a lot happened right over here. Um, you know, I think my favorite thing to tell people is for less than $2, you could walk through these doors back in the day and see Leonard Skinner, Marshall Tucker, and the Allman Brothers band all in the same night and wow. get a cold beer, you know. So for less than $5, like, you just saw history um, and had a drink at the bar. <laughs> but my favorite part of the Grant Sound story is Mr. Ed Grant Sr. He was such an incredible businessman, and um, he started out um, working at Idle Hour Country Club, and hmm. um, he would eventually go on to work for none other than the godfather of soul himself, James Brown. Not in the music business, though, but with James Brown's business franchise called James Brown's Golden Platters, which he actually launched in Macon. And mm. from there, Ed was able to, to garner the management experience that he needed to say, like, you know, why don't I open my own business? And so he launched Grant's, Grant's Lounge, 1971. It was the first bar um, legally owned by African-American in Macon. And so right there, he just brought so many people together under a welcoming place with good music, cold drinks, and a great place right. to be. And here we still are. What's cool about Grant's is as Capricorn grew, so did Grant's Lounge. And a lot of artists came to Grant's in hopes to be discovered by Capricorn. Hmm. So I, I talk more about it on the tour, but you know, I say for every hit, there's a few misses and right. there's a few legends who played here who never got signed, right. but sure did try to. Well, wow. don't tell all your I'm stories. I'm not gonna <laughs> give away all my secrets. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Grants has recently, uh, Wes Griffith uh, purchased the building and he and, and, and the Grants are yeah. working together. There's been a lot of renovation here. It's really beautiful. If you haven't been down here, you need to come. Uh, there, there are a lot of things going on here. Uh, keep a lookout for that. And uh, it's an opportunity, right? Uh, absolutely. And this is actually where we launch our Friday night tour. So, so you can come you start right here. This is right. where we start, um, which is great because on Friday nights here in Macon, you can walk around with a beverage of your choice as long as it's in an approved container. And so you can come into Grants, order a drink at the bar. We'll show you the wall of fame. We'll start telling you some of these stories. And then from there, we start walking around downtown Macon. And I mean, from here to Capricorn, 
I can pack so much history right. in there. Really? Uh, the, it, that's where it all begins. So, uh, and then we bring you back to Grants after the tour. So hopefully you'll stay and catch a band here on this stage right. who may be the next big one to come out of Macon. Right. So that that's tour, like there's Friday night tour. How, how long does that walking tour last? Um, it depends on the guide. But, uh, <laughs> how so, many guys are there? There's three of us, actually. Uh, okay. And Jamie and I still give tours. And we are so lucky to have Rex Dooley, right. um, who is, is our our third um, part of Rock Candy right. Tours. And, and he lived to tell the tale. So uh, he actually witnessed some of this history. But we, the tour lasts on average about an hour and a half to two hours. And um, so that's why I say grab a beverage. We'll make pit stops along the way. Um, but it's great because it's at nighttime and, and downtown Macon is so vibrant, especially on Friday nights. It's a really neat way to, to see the sidewalks and look up and just see these buildings from a whole different perspective. All right. What, what are the other tours that you typically, that yeah, well, and some people are surprised to find out that we actually do mu more than music tours now. <laughs> um, like, for example, uh, this Friday, once a month, we actually um, offer the Macon Macabre Tour, which is a little bit of our ghost, oh, yeah. um, more on the side of murder tour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got yeah. some stories. And um, so we do that one once a month. And as we get into the Halloween season, we offer that one more. Uh, we will be bringing back our food and music tour soon, um, which is something that we're very anxious to bring back. People really enjoyed that one where we tour the restaurants and talk about the music history there. Um, but we, while we have our mainstay Friday night tour every Friday now, as long as we've wow. got reservations, we will have a guide here. Um, we also offer private tours. And to me, that's one of our best offerings that we can do because we can customize that tour to your, maybe you're a big Almond Brothers fan and you want to make sure you see every Almond site. Like we mm. will make that happen. Um, maybe you want to see Rose Hill Cemetery. We can include that in there. And so the private tours allow us a lot more flexibility. Just how long do you want it to be? Right. Do you want it to be a half a day or do you want it to be a couple hours? We can make that work. Right. And, and we have been, we've been busy um, since everybody wanting to get back out again. We've probably been um, doing on average two to sometimes three private tours a week. So we wow, have been, really? we've been busy with those. Huh. So you go online and, and book, I guess. Yes. Right. It's the easiest thing to do. Our reservation platform's up and running, but it's a mom and pop business. Jamie and I answer the phones. Um, we'll answer your texts. And so um, if you want to jump on one of the tours, it's just a matter of reaching out and letting us know. So I'm curious, with a city like Macon, where there's just so much music history, what's a story that someone might find surprising? Well, I... I it's funny because I feel like so much of it is the innovation that came out of music here in Macon. And so we can talk about Mirth, Macon as the birthplace of Little Richard. And as I tell everybody, all roads lead back to Little Richard in Macon, Georgia, <laughs> like without a doubt. Um, this is, you know, where Otis came as a child and like transformed our community, being the king of soul. This is where, you know, the Allman Brothers were imported into our town and then completely launched Southern Rock. But then there's all of these... Um, people in between that that were like part of the what was catalyzed out of this and so one of my favorite things to share with people is that Macon actually became the birthplace of the concert t-shirt. Um, the music merchandise industry launched out of Macon um, due in part to a man named Ira Zakaloff um, who wasn't from here if you can't tell yeah. that name. Uh, but Ira came here um, 
after working in New York for an ad agency and basically bring, creating the prototype to a concert t-shirt and selling it for the first time at a concert where the band was paid royalties for the sale of the shirt. So wow. that changed everything. I was like, you know what, if I can do this for a living, I'm moving this place called Macon. And he launched Great Southern T-Shirt Company, um, working in conjunction with Capricorn, working with the almonds. But that company ended up lasting all the way through the 90s, did everybody from the Almonds to the Carter campaign to Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet tour, um, all the way into the 90s when he sold it big. And it was a big employer. And so, so much of the thing that I say is Macon was, um, music is such an economic driver in Macon. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just be surprised of all the business and innovation that came out of it. You know, one of the things that, I find fascinating is the relationship with Alan, your dad, and Phil, and with Otis Redding, yeah. and how it was it was one of those relationships that bridged race. Sure did. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know y'all's families are still friends. The Otis <laughs> Reddings are pillars of the community Absolutely. and everything they do to support Macon. Yeah. Share a little bit about Alan and Phil and, and Otis. Well, and it's probably my favorite part of the story. When I talk about it, um, it, you have to look back to realize how crucial it really was. Um, the fact that Phil and Otis could form this business partnership and friendship that really essentially became a brotherhood. Uh-huh. And with that, it just became um, this unstoppable group of guys who had the vision and the gumption to say that, like, we're going to launch a rhythm and blues booking agency management firm out of Macon, Georgia, represent black artists and make sure they get paid for the work that they do, which is um, during that time you had Motown and you had all these big companies. But like so much you hear now is nobody was was getting what they deserved. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big part of their dynamic, but they created this creative business right here in Macon, starting on Mulberry Street and later moving right up the corner to Cotton Avenue. It was, um, from what we can tell, the first integrated office staff in Macon, right. Georgia. and. Wow. For Phil, it started with him being in his fraternity at Mercy University and really right. sick of like the bow tied white guys singing doo wop and deciding <laughs> like there's this thing called like rhythm and blues that's amazing right. and like let's start bringing artists in that way and and that's what changed it and it just changed everybody's trajectory obviously and unfortunately Otis would not live long enough to see the day where he could sit at a lunch counter with his business partners like we do today. But Mm -hmm. what he managed to do by bringing people together, by going all the way to Monterey Pop and performing for that Mm -hmm. festival, um, that's that's what changed the world. And so much of it started right here in Macon. That's amazing. You know, Dr. Harper, it's like our friend Jeff Batcher says, Macon is the center of the universe. You know, I mean, it just just absolutely is. All roads lead back to Little Richard. I'll connect it back to him, too. Like, you know, and and Otis and James Brown wouldn't have, you know, they had so much inspiration from somebody like Little Richard, who also came out of Macon during a deeply divided time and Mm -hmm. was different and came from... Um, you know, son of a deacon by day and a bootlegger by night and singing things like Wop Babaloo Wop. It's just, it's a really wild story. I I don't even think they've made a movie that compares to it yet. (laughs) So I'll ask this question. You you may not have an answer for it, but when when I moved here as an intern at the uh, Medical Center of Surgery in 1979, people were still talking about the Atlanta Pops 
thing down at Byron. Did you ever have any stories about that? I still get stories that patients I tell me about their granddaddy and the Atlanta Pops yeah. thing. Can, do you have any story to tell people about that that may not know anything about I, it? Well, I hear a lot of stories um, from people who take our tour. They were there or they were driving through there or they found granddaddy's photo. <laughs> Sometimes granddaddy didn't have clothes on in these photos. <laughs> because a lot of people went skinny dipping that day. That seems to be the resonating story I hear. But it was like a, a, the, a wild moment in history when that decision was made to put this festival, which was our version of Woodstock, in Byron, Georgia, of all places. Right. And I mean, I think it was because we had so much going on here. It's just the overflow effect. Um, you know, sometimes I say, I would like a repeat. I'd like to see this happen again. Uh, I just <laughs> so think, how many people were there? Do you, I kind of remember it was 100,000 people? I, it was, I don't know. There, there's a, I, you know there was nobody there with a clicker that yeah. day. But, and, and thank God we didn't have social media back then. Although, I wish it was. Um, I don't know. That's what the crowd estimates. I've heard everything from that to even bigger than that. I mean, there, it, there, we needed aerial footage that so day, the, apparently. I, I had a patient tell me one day that, that they hadn't seen granddad in a while, in a few days, and grandmama said, let's get in the car and go down there and see if we oh, can find grandma. him. You know, so, <laughs> so you hear, you've heard crazy stories. Thanks for sharing what, yeah. what you've heard about I that. I mean, as far as I know, I would have been two at the time, so I wasn't there. I can't get more for <laughs> <heard> that. <laughs> Now, Jessica, you know, we we double check all of our guests, and so we just need to make sure that you're up on all of the music facts. And so Dr. Harper and I have some quiz oh, questions for you. Jessica. Oh, quiz Jessica. No. This is, yeah, the, the, the quiz Jessica portion I don't have Jamie of this as my episode. So we're going to start here with question number one. Um, let's see. Uh, tell us about the hotel room where Little Richard once lived. That was a fun story. I, that came from my father um, when I asked him to show me around town as I began to develop the script for Rock Candy Tours. He, we were on Cotton Avenue, um, which is where the original, what you see is Capricorn office there, but it was actually Redwall Music Company before that, Redding and Walden. And dad began to point out all the businesses that, again, that innovation that came from the music business being there, like the Otis Redding Fan Club was in its own building. And um, there, Percy Welch, who was a black businessman in Macon, Georgia, but also a really good musician, had a black-owned hotel there on Cotton Avenue. And so when little Richard would come back to town after he left Macon, this is the place where he would stay. And so the um, hotel is now a law firm. It's actually got one of our music history, when I say our community's music history plaques on the, the brick wall that tells you this is where little Richard slept. Mm. Um, but my dad described the, the hotel as like you never knew if Richard was gonna be there, but that it would have a little bell in each room that would ring when it was your time to leave. So there you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> How he knew that, I don't know. But, that's, that's, but um, the one who has the law firm now found kind of the bill system when they were renovating the building. So there you that's go. Very cool. That is neat. That was really cool. <laughs> so, Jessica, I have a question about James Brown and Macon. Okay. So, rumor has it that he recorded "Please, Please, Please" here. Yes, is that true? That and is where true. did that happen? So we, that's one of our places to show off on the Rock Candy Tour. Over on Mulberry Street is a building called the Robert E. Lee Building. And so many people drive by it every day and probably think it's just like another office building. But inside that building, in the basement, was the original home of WIBB, which is still on air today. 
Um, mm -hmm. But the original WIBB would broadcast live from its basement studio. That's where some of the most epic music was also created. Now, James Brown came to Macon. He was fresh out of um, working in a hard labor camp where he had been got sentenced to after getting in some trouble as a youth in Toccoa, Georgia. He knew if little Richard could make it out of Macon, maybe he had a chance to. And he came to Macon. He began to follow where little Richard was playing and, and trying to get Richard's attention. And the legend goes that uh, Richard, he saw Richard performing. Um, I believe it was at the two spot. Jamie, Jamie has to verify that one. But um, the note that Richard gave Mr. Brown was a napkin with the words, please, please, please on it. Wow. Don't know what he was trying to say, but James Brown took that napkin back up to WIBB where his friend, uh, the horsemen, the DJs that were there, um, they, he laid it down and he, in, in one take, I mean, all he's saying is please, 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 but that ended up becoming his first big release. Oh and he would goodness. later go wow. back to that same spot and record Try Me, which is another yeah. great ballad. So uh, I know you're obviously a longtime Maconite and you're passionate about the community as Dr. Harper and I are. What, what excites you about Macon moving forward? Is there anything you're seeing right now that you're saying, man, this is, this is fantastic for the community. It's gonna bring in a diverse group of people. I'm really excited about this. What, what is it you think that would be? I can't even name anything specific right now because there's so much going on. There is so much reality in Macon. I mean, we are sitting in the renovated Grants Lounge that's now gonna be here for generations to come, hopefully. Right up the road is H&H with this beautiful mural that was just unveiled that tells the history of that business. Surrounding us is this vibrant downtown where people aren't just um, living and working, but they're playing again. Like live music is definitely, um, you can't miss it. Uh, and I think that what excites me is that sense of place has returned. And so much of that sense of place and and pride of this town is when you connect the history to the current and it isn't we're not living in the past we're living like inspired by the history that happened here but like it shows that we still have a story to tell and I don't think we're done I don't think that you know our last big hit to come out of Macon is Jason Aldean who's like number one today right, right. now at this very moment but I don't think it stops there. I think that um, the best is yet to come. We, we've got the Capricorn Studios right around the corner from here, and that's a music incubator. And I can't help but think when I hear those bands rehearsing behind me or like seeing them carry up their amps and stuff, like this is what my family saw back in the day where, I mean, that you never know if lightning's about to strike again. That's the way, I, that's what keeps me excited about what's going on. And it is diverse, and it is like in every way, like in so in musical styles, in um, genres, in age demographics. It's just so cool to see this melting pot of music really start to. I mean, we're cranking it up again. It's right. really exciting. That's exciting. It is. Right. I've been on a couple of the tours. Yes. We our office took the. Uh, and the good golly Miss Molly, or one of yeah, the, the, we went the around town with Jamie was our guide, and we had a great time. We've also been, we had a friend come in from Chicago, and we took uh, a, a coach tour with, in our car, and Rex was our guide, and we went all over town, and he told us great stories. But, you know, we got out and took, uh, we recreated uh, 
album cover images. So tell us about some of those album covers that you can recreate. It's probably a favorite thing for folks. And and first of all, thank you for supporting our business like you have, because I mean, that's the heart of it all is being able to show off our city. Um, and we couldn't do it without local support. We get people from all over the world, but when we get to show locals around and show them some of these hidden places, like um, the front porch of the Bell House, which is where the McDuffie Center for Streams is, that happens to be the site of the Allman Brothers' first album cover. And who doesn't want to stand there and pose like Allman Brothers <laughs> and actually recreate the album cover? And it's like you right. too. I mean, you too can be Dickie Betts right. if you want to. And it's so much fun. Right. So if you're going to do that one, you need to go and look at the album cover, kind of dress uh, we'll, right. We'll you got to plan up, out your yeah, part about who's going to be here. Yes, exactly. And that can be pretty cool. <laughs> now, we went down into Rose Hill. Yeah. And uh, Rex had some pretty amazing stories. <laughs> you can actually see uh, the resting place of some of the Armand brothers, and you may share a little bit about that. But there's also a story he told us about this song, Elizabeth Reed. Yeah. And, uh, so tell us a little bit about Rose Hill and that story in particular, That's and about a fun how one. visiting the resting place of. Yeah, well, Rose Hill is, is probably one of the most popular attractions in Macon. Um, and it is going to be the only place in America where an entire band has been laid to rest, um, which is wow. interesting um, in its own right. So talk about the visionaries of the Allman Brothers and their deep love for Macon. And why they loved Rose Hill is Rose Hill inspired a lot of their music. I mean, that's hmm. where they spent a lot of their time when they weren't on the road. And as the legend goes, you, you I mean, you can find Melissa um, in Rose Hill Cemetery, there's a statue of her, and then you have to see the grave of Elizabeth Reed. And um, if you know the Allman Brothers, you know the song In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. Uh, but why did they sing about her? Well, maybe it wasn't quite about her, and but it's more, else, maybe. maybe maybe another woman who inspired some love songs and that just happened to be the favorite meetup So you have to come on the tour to find out the yes. full story. Okay, we're not going to give away the full we story. We will not give away the full. You want to know that. You want to know yes, about that. It is a really sweet story. And yeah. But fun fact is um, Elizabeth Bessie Reed is actually the ancestor of our former mayor, Robert Rickard's wife, Dale really? Rickard. That okay. is her ancestor. So I just think that's fun. I'll, again, Macon is like that. Right. <laughs> now, I do want to point out that if vein specialists can do a tour, that your small business could also do a tour right. as well. So give our friend Jessica a call, and she will get you set up. Jessica, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for taking some time and doing this with us. We really Thank do appreciate you. it. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Long live rock and roll, right. as my dad says. And make it. <laughs> and make it. Right. And thank you guys All for right. joining us as well. And stay tuned for where me and Dr. Harper might show up next. You never know where that might be. I'm a nursing professor, mother of four, and very active, playing in sports my entire life. After each pregnancy, my legs got worse, and I started running again to lose baby weight, but nothing helped how my legs looked. I was self-conscious in a bathing suit or shorts, and my legs ached after sitting or standing too long. That's when I went to vein specialists of the South. The ultrasounds they performed were very thorough, and they explained everything in detail. 
I knew then I picked the right place for vein care. During my procedures, I was never uncomfortable and they played my favorite praise music the whole time. I can't say enough good things about the staff. I've never been to an office where everyone I came in contact with was smiling and happy to help in every way. I'm very happy with how my legs look now. It's a drastic difference and I have confidence in myself again. If you need vein care, I encourage you to call vein specialists of the South today. It's the best choice you'll make.